Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest podcast. This will probably be two parts to this lecture, which is the role of maximum intensity projection, or MIP, in the evaluation of CT angiography data sets, and looking at its advantages, disadvantages, pearls, and pitfalls. And we do speak about MIP in some of our other lectures on, on the whole area of visualization, but people always ask us to be a bit more specific and a bit more detailed, and that's what I'm going to do in this case. Now, this is part of an exhibit that will actually be shown at RSNA 2009, which is the first week of uh, December or last week of November, um, coming up in about three or four weeks. And so you'll get a preview of what you will see, at least in part, of one of the computer exhibits. So the purpose of this whole project was to really look at the principles of MIP with a focus on its advantages in terms of imaging, when do we use it, and when do we find it to be advantageous, what are its limitations? Every imaging technique has its good and its bad. Do, can we recognize and advance those limitations and prevent errors? Look at its current role in 3D medical imaging and how we can really optimize its use. And I'll do this with real life cases, uh, really showing you specific uh, examples where the whole process does indeed work. Now, we know there are multiple different rendering techniques. And what I'll probably do is over time, uh, create similar lectures like this one to look at them in depth. Uh, minimum intensity projection is used probably at least frequently, but I am using it more commonly now. So it's things that we're going to look at in the uh, next few months. So let's look at MIP. It's considered to be a technique that falls between a thresholding technique and volume rendering. What it really does is it evaluates each voxel along a line from your eye, from the viewer's eye, through the volume, and it projects the maximum intensity pixels or voxels within that uh, data set. So it's really projecting the high density structures. Now there are different implementations of MIP, so there's some variation in terms of quality between different vendors, but the difference is not all that much. And surely when you think about volume rendering with its substantial differences, MIP has very, very minimal differences. Uh, and that's important. So again, what you see on a Siemens versus a GE versus a Philips may not be that substantially different, but there are differences. And surely in how you can use the MIP in terms of some of the flexibility in terms of workflow, that indeed will vary from system to system. And again, these pitfalls and artifacts are not specific to any one vendor. It's the same pitfalls, although there are different ways of overcoming them. Some people probably do it better than others. Now, if you look at the pitfalls, of course, the most obvious is if you're only projecting the brightest pixels, everything else is basically thrown away. So you're only using a small part of the data set, and in some cases, you're probably using 5% of the data set. Also, things that are calcified, so calcifications in vessels, become the brightest structures and obscure other structures. So you can simulate vessel occlusion very easily, particularly in smaller vessels, when there's dense calcification in the vessel wall and the lumen is 100% patent. So you need to be very, very careful. Also, when you think about it, and I'll speak about this in a moment a bit more because of editing, bone, just the fact you have the spine in the way, you're not gonna see the aorta, surely in terms of details. And that becomes very important. And we talk about a string of beads artifact, this uh, irregularity which can simulate a stenosis, something that we can see with MIP imaging, though I think with very thin sections it becomes less of an issue. Now, the key to MIP because of this technique is really editing. As I mentioned a moment ago, if the skeleton, if the thoracic and lumbar spine are in the way, you really don't see the aorta well. So editing becomes critical. Uh, there's no doubt with automated editing, with things like uh, the different techniques we use for that, 
uh, it becomes a whole lot easier but again it does take some time and anytime you do editing you need to be careful that you only edit the things you want to remove you don't want to edit information that can be critical to diagnosis we also talk about MIPS we talk about sliding MIPS people talk about sliding MIPS means it's interactive not just a static image and when you talk about MIPS we talk about how thick the slab or how thin the slab is it can be from anywhere let's say a millimeter to a hundred millimeters or more Obviously, the thicker the slab, the more information in the slab, but potentially the more problems you're going to have with overlapping structures, with lack of definition, with potential errors. On the flip side, the smaller you make the uh, slab, the less information there is in the data set till you get to the point of one you know, millimeter where there's almost nothing. It's basically an axial slice. And here's a good schematic really making that point that if you had volume rendering, all of these tubes representing vessels are projected um, and you would see them but when you do with MIP as in this case everything seems to overlap it's hard to tell how many tubes there are what's in the front what's in the back so compare the projected image to the original image you don't have that information which you would have in volume rendering and as I mentioned we can make the slab smaller and that can really um, you know can prevent some of the issues but again at times you'll need to make the slab so small that it's just you know minimizing the information present and it's just not going to help you so again it's kind of somewhere in between often my slabs are 8 to 12 millimeters sometimes I'm doing a global visualization I've already removed the bone a larger slab will work even 50 to 100 if I want to show collateralization or large global visualization of complex vascular structures but again then it's more for presentation and for sort of a global understanding rather than for very specific understanding well the best way I think that I could show you the advantages and disadvantages is through cases so let me look at coronary artery imaging and I would say that MIP has become very very important in coronary imaging in looking at the coronary arteries uh, it's very useful particularly in cases where there is no calcification present it's very easy to show long segments of the vessel or the entire vessel particularly in the right coronary for example uh, by simply increasing the size of the MIP obviously the right coronary does not run a straight line but you can get it in the entire data set uh, particularly you know when you use a saline flush and you clear out the right side of the heart you don't have any contrast in the right side of the heart that bothers you and then you can get rid of the bone so it indeed works very nicely of course the limitation will be when you have calcification but we'll come to that in a moment so let's look at some case studies and here's a simple example of the right coronary artery with branching to the posterior coronary you even see a little bit of the left coronary here as well the LAD very nice visualizations of the coronary artery again you see the right side of the heart is washed out or here's another example again very nice visualization of branches off the right coronary uh, a little bit of the left coronary scene though I did not optimize this for visualization of the left coronary artery again MIP works very nicely look how you see the entire vessel all the way through its branching in this right dominant vessel when you look at different projections another patient you can see at the arrow this uh, little vessel coming off which is coming off the right cusp and that's one of the variations where the AV nodal branch comes off the cusp but you can see that in a few other projections as well so very nice visualization of a vessel that's only about a millimeter in size or this next case again that same idea with MIP here's a thinner MIP and now I'm showing you a vessel coming just off the right coronary at its start going upward 
that's the AV nodal branch, and another branch dropping posteriorly toward the uh, right side of the ascending aorta and going toward the patient's atrium, which is the SA nodal branch. And again, you can see it here very well with the, with an arrow showing it to you. Again, a millimeter-sized vessel. MIP works very nicely for that visualization. And here it is when I just change a little bit the thickness of the MIP and the visualization. When I'm looking at the left coronary, the MIPs can help as well. This is a nice example of a thin slab MIP defining the left main coronary, and it's branching into the LAD and circumflex. Good definition of the first diagonal is also seen. Vessels are normal. Again, a good visualization. Now, I should mention in this case, it does make the point that the origin of the left main coronary, or the origin of any vessel, uh, you can miss a, a stenosis at its proximal aspect with MIP unless you're very careful because the cusp will often hide the very origin of the vessel or will fool you into thinking you're seeing the origin and yet you're really not. Now when you have stenosis, look at this very nice example here where this patient has a nice stenosis in the LAD. A very nice differential uh, appearance proximal to distal vessel in the mid-third or rather proximal third we see the nice stenosis or in this example where the patient's in the right coronary artery, there's some calcified plaque proximal, makes it difficult, but look at the area uh, where there is stenosis in the mid-right coronary artery, nicely shown in the MIP imaging. Now I mentioned the presence of calcification, and here's the issue. In this case, I've tried to pull the calcification off, but you can see the calcification really gives you the feel that the lumen's exclude, you know, is occluded. Well, the lumen is not occluded, it's a centric plaque, and in the curved planar reconstructions or the volume rendering or even the axials, you can make that determination. But again, you want to be very cautious, and I do make the point that we never would only look at MIP imaging. MIP is good, but those errors you want to be careful for. Another example, and this is just a case I showed you a moment ago, but with some additional images. Look at the patient's LAD, and you see on this set of images the stenosis here. It's a long segment stenosis greater than 50%. This was eventually stented, but look at that very nice visualization. Uh, a few different obliquities, and again, with the sliding MIP, you can rotate the images around. And of course, we can track that using the uh, curved planar reconstruction as well, uh, looking with inside the vessel, but the MIP uh, works very nicely, showing the extent of stenosis. Now, one issue you also need to be careful about, and this case shows it well, when you have MIP, you often could miss soft plaque. If the soft plaque is not really um, narrowing the vessel to a great degree, or even if it is, you may not see it on the MIP images because soft plaque is by definition or non-calcified plaque. And non-calcified plaque, you may not see. You may see the sequela, or in this case, you see a foci of calcification, but most of the plaque that's present is non-calcified. And you need to be very, very careful. It's very easy to miss on MIP imaging. And you can see here's an example of uh, MIPS created off a, uh, off a curved planar uh, visualization. But you can see it's very easy to overcall the proximal calcification, and it's very easy to miss the, uh, the non-calcified plaque. And of course, when you look at a volume display, in this case, you can see how nicely you can see the soft plaque. So again, uh, recognize those limitations, recognize what you can see, and recognize what you may not be able to see in that regard. And here's just a couple more images in that same patient 
really showing you very nicely the patient's uh, soft plaque or non-calcified plaque as well as the calcified plaque. The stenosis approaching 50%. So again, a potential limitation. Another case, patient right coronary artery. Nice example, volume rendering, you kind of recognize there's something going on in the proximal third. Uh, on the MIP, very nicely shown, and I'll show it to you in a few more projections. You can see a critical stenosis being present there. You can go back and look at the axial imaging and see the soft plaque and the luminal narrowing. So again, very nice visualization. I think these cases, the MIP works nicely. It really points you to the area of stenosis. You can see proximal to the stenosis, the zone of calcification. It's very difficult to really define that zone because you could say it's occluded. Again, you could rotate the images in multiple planes, but these are the cases where curved planar reconstruction or some other technique, looking at the axials is critical, uh, particularly for the area with that calcified plaque where it's so easy to overcall, which you can see from the curved planars, is really not a stenosis that is critical. Okay, so remember overcalling as well as undercalling. Now, in terms of visualization, at times the sliding MIP works very nicely. Here's a great case, a typical chest pain. If you look, the left main coronary artery seems to rise off the left cusp, but then look at that vessel coming off the right coronary that's very anterior. That's actually an aberrant LAD or portion of the LAD going to the anterior aspect of the heart coming off the right coronary. Now, in this scenario, the volume rendering really gives you that global view, and that's something that volume rendering provides. You can see here behind that right atrial appendage, the vessel coming off the right cusp, coming across, coming from right to left, and here it is on a few more projections, and I'll show it to you with an arrow pointing to it. So you can see very nice visualization, and this is an advantage of volume rendering. Another case, same principle, volume rendering Although you can't really use it, though, it's getting better for stenosis because there's lots of variability. From a global perspective, it works very nicely, showing you the course, caliber, orientation, right coronary, left coronary. You make part of the chamber transparent. You see the vessels a little bit better. I'll change some of the renderings. And here you can see, again, uh, from the right, from the uh, left to the right coronary, from the circumflex to the LAD to looking at the undersurface of the heart, seeing the right coronary and posterior coronary artery. And this example shows you one of the advantages with volume rendering that MIP doesn't have. We can use color. Color can be very helpful for looking at images and understanding. Color also gives you a much better feel of the three-dimensional view. Um, so there are certain advantages. So again, using the volume with the MIP, and here's the same patient with the MIP, we lay out the vessels very nicely. So Put it all together from the right coronary to the left main and LAD, you kind of get everything. And of course, even with those two techniques, I'll still go back and I'll use the curved planar reconstruction, tracking each of the vessels individually, showing the normal LAD, showing the normal circumflex, showing the normal right coronary artery. It's a matter of looking at everything. And if you look at everything with all the tools, you get around any of the disadvantages of any one tool, and you're much more certain in your diagnosis. Does it take a little bit more time? Yes. When you get good at it, is the time substantial? The answer is no. Again, it's a matter of just developing workflow and being able to use your workstation. 
Well, I'll tell you what, that's about 15 minutes in. Why don't we stop there, and uh, when we come back, let's look at some other advantages and disadvantages of myth imaging in other applications beyond the heart. Thanks very much, and uh, 